Welcome to day three of the Australian Open on No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined once again by my dear friend and co-host, Courtney Nguyen. How you doing, Courtney? I'm good. I just let out an awesome yawn. I saw that. I was like, are you going to be ready to answer that question? So tired. Yeah. No, but hey, another day in the book's totally uneventful. Totally uneventful. Pretty much actually... Should be uneventful. Should be uneventful and pretty much was uneventful on court. court. The only thing that happened on court, which we saw coming from a mile away, more or less, was Daria Gavrilova beating Petra Kvitova, the sixth seed. Uh, we started that right away in the draw. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty easy to see coming with their trajectories and with Gavrilova being the kind of player who gets up for those sort of matches. And in Australia, all that. I'm not sure there's that much to say about that match. Really. No, not really at all. I mean, I think that the, the, the real takeaway, not just necessarily from that match, but just on the whole, is just, yeah, this Russian revolution, this youth revolt that we see happening right now, 10 players age 22 and under uh, into the third round in the top half of the draw, three of them teenagers, former junior champions. Uh, it's pretty great. The stat that I have, which is very similar to everything you just said in a different way, five Russian women, 21 and under, Rush, sorry, Russian-born women, yeah, Russian 21 born. and older. You see Count Putin, Seva, and Gavrilova in there too. Uh, the Russians are coming. Some of them have different flags now, but they're coming, and uh, good for them. So we were recording this right now, actually, in the hallway you've probably seen on Rod Laver Arena. Champions Walk is the apparently Champions this is what walk. walk of Champions. But yeah, if you've been tuning in and you've seen the players walking down with their heads bowed past a bunch of black and white, they redesigned it this year. They did. This is brand new. Uh, but we are standing betwixt Chris O'Neill, 1978; Vitas Garolitis, 1977; Barbara Jordan, 1979. And Roscoe Tanner, 1977. The real champions. The real champions. So speaking of real champions, the champion of this event five times is Novak Djokovic. And a lot of press were getting very excited, or not excited is definitely the wrong word. A lot of press were eagerly anticipating or nervously anticipating or just anticipating his press conference because there had been some buzz in the media room about a report, which not many people I think had seen really in wider circles uh, before the press conference. And Novak Djokovic said he hadn't seen himself. That came out in the Italian sports newspaper Tuto Sport, uh, which alleged very briefly with not very much detail that Djokovic had, um, had deliberately lost a match in 2007 at, at the Paris-Bercy Masters against Fabrice Santoro. And he, let's hear the exchange with Djokovic in the press, which was interesting. Novak, has anyone drawn your attention to the report published in a newspaper in Turin today? No. Um, okay, it, it deals with a match at Bercy in 2007, and the headline on the story says uh, Djokovic, open quotes, wanted to lose, mm-hmm. close quotes. Um, it was Santoro. Um, yes, I remember that match. So, so the story is, is um, connecting this match with some of the changing odds that have been discussed in the previous couple of days. I just wondered if um, you had any response to that. My response is that uh, it's always going to be, uh, especially these days when there's a lot of speculations and this is now the main story in the tennis and sports world, there's going to be a lot of allegations. So. I have nothing more to say. I've said everything I needed to say two days ago. You know, 
until somebody comes out with the real proof and evidence, it's it's only a speculation for me. Can you just clear up about this match? Because this is new from the other day. I appreciate what you say. That you remember right, you weren't well in that match before it. You had your wisdom teeth done. And just remind us the circumstances of, of that match. There, what it is to say? I mean, I've I've lost that match. I mean, I don't know what what you're what you're trying. If you're trying to create a story about that match, or for that matter, any of the match of the top players, if, if losing in the early rounds, I think it's it's just absurd. Well, there's a story out there about that match. That's why we're giving you the chance. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like you know, you, <laughs> anybody can create the story about any match. That's my point. I mean, there hasn't been. Too many matches where top players lost in last you know decade or so uh, in the early rounds, and you know you, you can you can pick any match that you like that the top player lost and just create a story out of it. I think it's it's just it's not supported by any any kind of proofs, any evidence, any facts, and it's just a, it's just a speculation. So I don't think there is a story about it. No, but it, it was in a newspaper called Tuto Sport in Italy, and. The suggestion is you lost on purpose. It's not true. If, if that was the case, Novak, would you would that be something you would take action over? I have nothing more to say, guys. If you have any other questions on any other subject, I'm ready I'm ready to talk about this. Uh, I have nothing more to say. So what I think is an issue here for this particular revelation being tacked on to this sort of match-fixing buzz mania that's going on in tennis media right now, and wider media too, because this, this is a story that has definitely broken outside of tennis in terms of scale. People are trying to find things to further the story, new developments in some way, and I think in this particular case, what's getting very lost here, or very blurred here, is the distinction between tanking and match-fixing, which some people might think are the same, but are very different. Very, very different. I mean, tanking is, you know, an, in, an individual making a decision that uh, is oftentimes strategic, not just strategic to that match in the cases of players tanking singular uh, sets, you know, as we've discussed on this podcast many times yep. that we've seen before. Um, the Jack Sock did just a couple days Jack ago. Jack Sock, you know, uh, uh, Curious against Gasquet. I mean, Fanini constantly uh you know but uh, but it happens all the time and and a lot of it is strategic sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't and then there's also the strategic standpoint of you step you take a step back away from that match and you talk about scheduling issues you talk about uh, players deciding well you know I, the, the example that i that came up quite a bit today in my discussions with people was the uh atp world tour finals and and Bercy when they were back to back. Yes, the, we, there was tanking and going they, all the time because they have to get to London. This exact example that we're talking about, this Novak example, it is a Bercy match, and it was even more drastic situation when the, the Masters Cup, as it was then called, the year-end tournament in for Shanghai. the men, was in Shanghai. So yeah. it was a much further flight, a bigger trip for Djokovic. Add on top of that, Djokovic had just gotten his wisdom teeth pulled apparently that week or something, and so he was not in shape. He was playing a French player for Brice Santoro. He's probably compelled to take the court because... There's bonus pool issues yes. playing, making sure that you yes. play all your Masters tournaments to be part of the bonus pool. And we're talking about this all sort of, I, what I think is worst case scenario, as much as we're trying to dump right, it down. Right, exactly. Is that we're saying that he wasn't trying to win this match. Right. So this is all saying, even if he wasn't here, the reasons why that's not such a big deal and what we've accepted in tennis as being the criteria where everyone doesn't go 110% all the time. 
Right. And it's just a reality of, of the sport. And, and and it's just, it is. And then there can be separate debates as to whether or not that should be, um, you know, uh, but I think that you have to, at some points, take a step back and look at the practical implications of, of some of these decisions. And you understand that these are human beings and there's a schedule and we know how grueling the tennis schedule is. Um, what tournaments on a, matter more than others. Exactly. Week to week, you have these decisions that you see, you know, in doubles. Doubles teams that, uh, you know, are made up of singles players and they make the quarterfinals and actually actually, or semifinals, and actually they need to act, get to a new tournament to play qualies, you know, um, somewhere else, you know, sometimes decisions get made. And uh, like I said, those are discussions that we can have from a broader perspective as to whether players should be put into those positions mm-hmm. to have to make them. And not but, new issues. These are things we talked right. about with Michael Mushaw on the show right. back yeah, in yeah, the yeah. aired in the fall. I mean, yeah, tanking for these sorts of purposes. This seems... Again, worst case scenario, if you even think that Djokovic wasn't trying to win this match, and debatable, only he knows, uh, only Judy can judge him, as they say, it's a situation where it's a classic tank and not something that we think is influenced by betting patterns or someone calling him on a burner phone in the middle of the night saying, I'll give you, you know, your own country if you lose to Fabrice Santoro. So all of it, I think, is overblown. The microscope on tennis, it's a microscope issue right now, making small things much bigger, and I think that's that at the Australian Open as you follow us the rest of the way at the Australian Open with our daily-ish episodes here. If you want to follow along with us when you're not listening, you can do so by following us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. You can also follow each of us individually. Courtney is at 40 Deuce Twits. I'm at Ben Rothenberg. Courtney also does at WTA underscore insider, which is pretty jolly, and everyone who likes women's tennis, Thanks. which hopefully you do. Thanks. If you listen to this podcast, we try. you should definitely be following her already, I would hope. Come on, guys. Do it. Please. <laughs> My job's on the line here, people. <laughs> You're doing okay. Your clicks matter. You're doing okay. Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and any other app that does podcast stuff. You, you know of RSS feed, et cetera. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Tell your friends and family, tennis fans, you know that you like uh, NCR, and it's pretty clear that a lot of people like NCR because of the success of our Kickstarter, and I should say that we just today sent out the backer surveys for the Kickstarter, which are not really, it's a very short survey, and it's catered to each individual a reward level, has its own one, and so it's basically getting the information from you for things like the postcards, which one you want, for other stuff like that. So if you were one of our 596 backers, uh, that is in your mail inbox, and please respond to it quickly. Especially uh, if you want the Australian Open stuff. That's yeah. that's the biggest thing. If you haven't decided between the other three majors for your postcard, if you want to just mull on it, that's fine. But, you know, we now have 10 days and, 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 and to counting get, to get these and, done. And if you got all four postcards, yes, uh, exactly. we need your address. We need your address. Otherwise, you might get a postcard from Melbourne with a postmark in the U.S. Yeah, which, we, you know, we want to make sure this is an authentic experience for you. Once again, we're asking for your help. So get get the backer surveys back to us as soon as you can, and uh, a lot of you already have. Yeah, and and we'll we'll start rolling all that stuff out. We have so many postcards that we need to write. We will be sending postcard writing selfies uh, that involve Courtney sitting next to an empty six pack and scribbling thoughts. We're also doing our periscopes uh, this week, which have been going on. We'll probably do one again later tonight for day three. They've been daily. That was a Kickstarter reach goal we did we probably are going back out to the tram tracks i'm thinking probably today. yeah we haven't uh, resolved this issue with tennis australia they still do not want us to periscope from on site even though it's just our faces uh they probably want these faces not to be anywhere near tennis australia logos um or any of their sponsors so yeah they're kicking us off off site to do all that so we're gonna run off and do that in a little bit so uh 
Yeah, and you can obviously catch up on those. Just go back to our Twitter account. I'm probably and, doing it before uh, this episode posts. Exactly. But you can, yeah, go back. And if you get there within 24 hours, and see the most recent one. And we're hoping to be able to have saved these to hopefully release them in a batch at the end. No promises there. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping to be able to do that as much as possible. But yeah, tune in, rewatch within the 24 hours. Send your questions if you are watching. And let us know if you enjoy them, what you'd yeah. like to see from them. It's a thing that we're kind of experimenting here at the Australian Open. If they work out well... Uh, we can try and do them at the other majors where there are less restrictions. I think yes. at Wimbledon at the U.S. Open, we would definitely be able to do it on site. The French, I never, I don't speak French, so I don't really know what the rules are there. So I just don't do anything that comes close to breaching the rules. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that, that we're having fun with. So hopefully you guys are too. Hopefully you guys are too. And hopefully you had fun with us on this episode of the show from all of us at NCR. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.